New York. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the 914 Sports Podcast. My name is Frankie Fremonti. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Tony Voza. Yo. Steven Signori. Howdy. Tony Cohen. Hello, everybody. And Dudu Diegas. What's up, everybody? Dudu. And <laughs> guys... There's no football to talk about, so this is this is gonna be a rough one. Uh, I don't know where we're gonna start. Uh, I can think of somewhere. I can think of uh, of maybe something. That's ball. Because it is no, not even because in our little liner notes it says potential show starter. Uh, being from nine one four, being from Westchester County, all of us. It's kind of big news that New York is supposedly – is this definite? Do we know if this is definite, anybody? Who knows with COVID? Yeah, we, we don't know right, yet. Right now it is definite. I honestly just saw this when I opened the Google Doc three and a half minutes ago. So right now it is definitely possible that New York will be allowing 10% capacity crowds at sporting events – Starting within like the next like week, week and a half, I think February 23rd is the expected start date for like MSG and Barclays. Um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, I kind of don't want to start because I think I might have a differing opinion than you guys. Um, I-, I could see one of us maybe agreeing with where, where I'm going with it. Um what do you guys think about 10% capacity? Is there a team you're excited to go see? Uh, what do you guys got on the potential live crowds in New York again before we get into all sports and whatnot? I mean, if it happens, great. Uh, I would love to start getting back to a normalcy, but I'm not going to – like I said before, we just don't know with COVID. So one minute it could be 10%, and then the next minute it could be like, well, we're not going back to live sports again. Um, for me, it's, it's easy. I – was dying last year without my Yankee games, without my chicken buckets, without my um, club billies before the games. Uh, I need I need Yankee baseball back, and I need my summer Saturdays at Yankee Stadium. So that's what I. That's if it comes back for baseball season, fantastic. Well, I, mean, I agree you, with that. I agree with that. Joe, I feel like you're going to say a similar thing that I am. I agree with that because when the Yankees aren't in town, NYCFC's in yeah, town. So baby. We're gonna be in the <laughs> we're gonna be in the Bronx on Saturdays, whether it's the Yankees or NYCFC. And it's, gonna talk- be, it's great for you guys because like ten ten percent capacity is basically all the people that go anyway. So you're at full capacity, full loudness. Yes, I stole your joke, Steven. Go fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, you jackass. <laughs> Well, the other thing that I was going to say is that uh, Boza brought up the chicken, the chicken bucket, and it's much bigger for NYCFC because they have a legit section dedicated to Chicken Bucket FC where we literally chant chicken bucket, clap, clap, whatever. Oh, man, I can't wait. Yeah, to get I it. just want it for the chicken bucket. I don't give a shit about the chant. I mean, guys. Well, I care about – well, we care about the chant. You know, the people that still have season tickets for the team care about the chant. 
yeah. guys. That's nice. I am so glad I got rid of my season tickets. Fuck those three games a week on a Wednesday in the fucking Bronx. It wasn't even that expensive. It had nothing to do with the price. No, it's just that he wouldn't go. Yeah. Like, Joe, you live like a million miles away. Like, you would and take, I'll still be there. You would take flights to those games. I'd take flights to Westchester like all the time. <laughs> he said I mean, that with, now. With NYCFC, with NYCFC, they they have, I think, like 22,000, 23,000 is their occupancy. So if you think about that with actual Yankee Stadium, you cut that, what, in a third, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Plus yeah, the amount but- of season ticket holders that probably canceled during this, like anybody that kept the season tickets, it like we're gonna we're gonna be guaranteed seats every but, game. And but you also have to take in like the semantics of well, it's twenty two thousand, but Yankee Stadium holds fifty thousand. Right. Yeah, but they exactly. might they might go. Ba- I think they're going based off of what it should be based off of what the stadium holds. It won't be though because it certain sections be. are cut off. Even and it'll be within the same week. You'll have an NYCFC game that can only have two thousand people, and a Yankee game that could have five thousand people in the same week. Just because of the way the sections are and the way they seat people, uh, and that'll cause problems. I think personally, until you're allowed to have a reasonable capacity, fifty, I'd say fifty percent at least or more. There's no point in it, and myself personally, I'm I'm not planning on going to any games of any kind, no matter how badly I want to. I, I'm desperately in need for like a Yankee game, or like I used to be a Jets season ticket holder, so I could see the Pats once a year for super cheap, uh, and go to more games so I could get drunk in the parking lot. And, but like those season tickets are long gone. Sorry, Voza. Um, it, it just it. I feel like it doesn't make sense unless it's fifty percent or more, and then even my comfortable. I'm not comfortable till it's a hundred percent, and we're kind of in the clear. Which who knows when that'll be. Cohen, you're. Well, we already know that Tony's going to say the Mets. So yeah, you guys are off your rocker if you don't think I'm going to be at City Field <laughs> I'm the with second you, Tony. that they. The best say part is Tony's not even going to be watching there. the game. He's just going to be in center field eating the food and drinking and throwing baseballs at the freaking dunk tank. Steven, you let's not kid ourselves. Steven, you forget the Mets might be good this year. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, but even if the Mets are good, it doesn't matter. City no, Field is like he, City he Field said, is an amusement park. Yankee Stadium is a place to go watch baseball. No, Tony pays attention when the Mets are good. Just the Mets are never good. They always paid attention to the Mets, even when they sucked. Tell just, that, they just tell made that, the World Series like five years ago. Tell that, that to what that, That's what we're gonna go with on uh, success now. That I have to still live off of five years ago. Yeah, Tony. well, hey man, before that you had to live off of. What, 2000? Oh, I know. I'm still living off of it, but now I have stuff to look forward to for the first time in By the six way, years. Tony, don't tell me you pay attention because I seem to recall a time that we went to the game with Brian, got gnomes, and then walked around the stadium for seven of the nine <laughs> innings and then went home. Well, that day we called it a carnival. We literally went for that purpose. I think we yeah, had no, funnel cakes and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, but don't don't say that you never do that. Like, Fair. You, so you don't pay attention all the time. No, but when we go to go, we usually are pretty good about it. We go, we usually do like two laps around the stadium. By the way, like, granted, City Field has more shit than Yankee Stadium, but like, if you run into a bad baseball game, 
it is fun to just walk around the stadium and do nonsense. Agreed. Like I'm not saying I'm not calling you a bad person for not paying attention to all nine innings of every game. No, I'm just saying, don't fucking tell me when I know for a fact we went and got. I think was it the Matt Harvey gnome that time or the Degrom gnome? I don't remember which gnome Maybe it four? was, but I remember we like dragged Brian there because didn't couldn't Danielle not even come? I, I literally think, think yeah, I think Brian got an extra one for Danielle or for yeah. Danielle's dad. Something like that, yeah. I think it might have been the DeGrom one because I was there for the Harvey one and I don't remember. Yeah, so it was probably – yeah, it was one where we literally bought like like boondock seats and just literally went around. And that was the time when they used to have the spinning wheel where you could like win a fucking magnet calendar. <laughs> God, if I, I, I know those dates by heart by now. The 2017 Mets fucking schedule. I had about 92 magnets on that schedule. <laughs> I will admit before we get off the case of City Field and Yankee Stadium, I do have more Mets jerseys than I do Yankees. Yeah, that's pretty concerning. But you're a baseball fan, so it's okay. Yeah, no, it's true. (laughs) I collect jerseys, so I even have like I have a I have a Yaz Red Sox one, I have a Hamels Phillies one, I have a Burnett Pirates one. I have who did I get with the they're all like random ass players. I forgot who I got with the Rangers. I think I might have doubled up on Hamels and just bought Hamels again. Steven gets like the weird ones as opposed to me who got like Adrian yeah. Beltre <laughs> and Andrew McCutcheon when we went to Pittsburgh because it was that long ago. Like at least at least I'm consistent and get like good players. Steven gets <laughs> AJ Burnett. He was on the Yankees. Yeah, right. It was either him or Tyon, because I was high on Tyon at that point. That that's when I was taking him like two to three years in a row in fantasy baseball, hoping he would be like a sixteenth round keeper which i think i actually kept him once in like the 13th round but anyway that's a, that's i don't want to get into fantasy baseball even though i'm sure that we will in the coming weeks oh yeah uh, um so yeah oh, I, I mean it seems like we're kind of in varying varying places on the capacity crowd and, and whatnot um but it is something to talk about especially seeing that we're all from new york we all frequent games of of all kinds um it is going to be easier, by the way, for like baseball games and football games because they're outdoors as opposed to like I- I'm not going to fucking MSG anytime soon or or Barclays yeah. anytime soon. Like it'll definitely be easier to go to those outdoor games than those indoor games. Um, but yeah, so you guys want to move on and we'll we'll talk some some baseball because we got a lot of baseball to go through. And then we'll get. Yeah, I was going to say some baseball or a lot of baseball. We got a lot of. I'm going to do so. I actually gathered my thoughts hours ago, so I think I'm going to be able to do this just as concise as I have in the past. Bullshit. Okay. Bullshit. Yeah, I've been good the last couple weeks, and I. Think you know I why? It, you know why it's again. bullshit? It's bullshit because you were thinking about it. You have to realize that there's four other people who are going to chime in that are going to bring up other shit that you did not think about. Well, that's good, probably true. But good luck with good luck with the Bartolo segment. Good good luck with that. Uh, so yeah. With that said, now that Tony's buried the lead and you know talked about how he's going to know everything, let's throw it to Tony for a little bit of baseball. Oh wait, no. Before we do that, I'm sorry. Oh, this, that, that's my fault. I'm a little all over the place. Uh, did did you like your your intro sound effect last week? I didn't listen to last week's podcast yet. Oh, cut that I out. Cut that you're, out. You're Damn. This is the first time I haven't listened by the time our podcast did either. I'm leaving this in because I want everybody to know that you're a piece of shit.
Tony, talk about baseball. Insert baseball starting point here. Choo-choo. All right, everybody. So we got a lot of baseball to cover, but mostly smaller things with spring training around the corner. So everyone decided to sign all of the players they needed this past week. Uh, Want to start off with a couple of the bigger ticket items. Uh, the Red Sox decided to, you know, use that money they've been saving on that Mookie Betts trade and <laughs> traded away Andrew Benatendi to the Kansas City Royals for, as far as I'm concerned, the bag of shit. It was Franchi Cordero. A pitcher that the Mets just got five minutes ago for the Steven Matz, of all people, and three other players to be lamed later. So I guess we'll see who that ends up being. The Mets also ended up on, in on this trade because it was a three-team deal, hence the guy from Toronto that went there. Um, and the Mets essentially turned Steven Matz into a top-10 prospect now in Khalil Lee. Khalil Lee, he's another center fielder, Bosa. Uh, so. Can this one hit? <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Like that the Mets just jumped in there, but wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the Red Sox trading another player that makes over $5 million and what you think the Royals are doing here. Can, can I just say, uh, it's, it's just from a baseball fan perspective, I love Khalil Lee's name because you could just say it in one fell swoop and you could just say, Khalil Lee. <laughs> That's going to be his name for, for me from now on. Well, there maybe I'll take Maybe I'll take him in the last round of our fantasy draft. He'll end up hitting 50 home runs. Steven saying Khalil Lee's name is now the new soccer intro noise. Khalili. <laughs> Khalili. Um, I will talk about this from the Red Sox perspective. It must suck to be a Red Sox fan right now. Like, just think about, like, the World Series. You're two years removed from the World Series, and your whole starting outfield from that team is gone. Wait, Boza, we don't want to make it. Do you have sympathy for this team? No, 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 no. I'm just saying it must be hard to be a Red Sox fan right now. As a Yankee fan, it's really nice to see that they are trying to keep a star player in Mookie Betts, and they're saving all this money by trading these other guys to sign Mookie Betts. So, they, you, what, Mookie's going to be on this team for the rest of his career, right? Like he'll be a Red Sox, Red Sox forever. Because that's what, I mean, you do with your star generational players, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but... I mean, it's just the Red Sox playing poor for some reason. I don't get it. Like, they have all this money. They JD Martin, JD Martinez. I get that they won the World Series that year, so like, it's hard to say that contract was stupid. But like, he giving him those opt outs, thinking he was actually going to take it when he was barely getting any um, feel from any other team. Like him, I get paying Xander Bogarts, uh, but. I mean, who's the next guy now that they they're gonna have is to Devers done? Devers, like Devers eventually, probably, yeah. Like Chris Sale is destroying their payroll. Like everybody said, I understand Chris Sale's one of the top pitchers when he's fully healthy. But when they gave him that contract, everybody's like, oh, I don't know about that. This is looking kind of stupid right now. Um, but as a Yankee fan, I love it because the Red Sox are years away again from being in contention. It's one thing to trade when they traded Mookie. And like they, re- I feel like they got nothing back in return. Ben Attendee has just been downhill the last two years because there was a lot of promise for Ben Attendee, and they were thinking with their corner outfielders, like they were set. And to think that what if you would have said like two, three years ago they were to trade Ben Attendee for who they traded for, you'd be like, you're fucking kidding me. Like they the traded Sox- him at his lowest point. I mean, yeah. I heard, we heard from Red Sox fans how like like Mookie is better than Judge, which okay, we can have, we can definitely, I will agree with that. But, like, they were sitting there, Ben Attendee's better than Judge, Andrew Ben Attendee's the fucking future, and the dude could never hit lefties. 
Like, he can never hit left-handed pitching. So, eventually, they were going to catch up with him. The thing, though, with the trade is that they, to your point, Bozo, they traded him at his lowest point, and it was almost at the point that they, like, wanted to cut their losses. Like, I don't yeah. get why you don't just go into the season with him other than you wanted to save money, unless they really thought he's just going to get that much worse, and yeah. this is the best they could get for him, which, I, listen, I don't know what those players to be named later are. They might be, like, guys that, you know, the Mets or Royals just drafted. Um, so, maybe that's something to look for down the line, but it looks Wait, terrible right now. Yeah. I agree. And if he's already at his lowest point, why don't you gamble with him at that point with the Red Sox and maybe turn him into a better piece like midseason? Right. I, I agree. That's the move that I think they should have done or just bit their loss. Like, I, I don't think he's on that crazy of a contract that you're like, this is going to handicap us for the next, you know, three, four years. Unless it's for the Adovino trade that they made where they're trying to make room. I don't know. I, they made another stupid sign. What is he like their too, third so. high? Adovino's what? Like their third highest player, paid player right yeah, now? Probably. By- Probably. Well, no, they got Ivaldi too. Ivaldi's. Oh right, I forgot. Contract. He's another fucking stupid idiot. They signed after the World Series. That's the I, that was the dumb thing. Ivaldi, they could have like just been like, no, we ran him into the ground in that World Series run, but like, no, we have to pay him. But got here. So here's the problem with everything, though. It's not. It's Boston. It's not like they're a small market team. They're yeah. one of the top five markets in the country. So what the fuck? What? kind of money are you trying to save yep. like you're under you're under the luxury tax it's not it doesn't kill you to have a guy that's making whatever ben intendi was making i think he was making i don't even think he was making 10 million a year i think he was making like eight million dollars a year because he's still young enough and early enough in his career where he, he was on like a team-friendly deal i feel like the will ponds now own the boston red sox <laughs> they moved right in yeah, because that's like this is like totally an old Mets move, like to trade a guy for literally no reason other than relief. He makes six point six million this year. Yeah, th- like that. That's that's, too much money. It makes se- It doesn't make sense for a team like the Indians because even the Indian, like, it doesn't make sense for a baseball team that's worth a billion dollars or more to cut a guy over a five million dollar like con a five million dollar salary period but like when you're one of probably the i think boston's probably third behind like the dodgers and the yankees maybe fourth behind like the mets or like the cubs something like that they're up there they're a top five market team it makes no sense that you're you're cutting a guy to save six million dollars or trading a guy away unless maybe they like don't like him maybe he's not like good in the clubhouse or something and they don't like him so they're getting rid of the clubhouse guy but for for everything i've ever heard about him like he's a guy that's well liked it seems I mean, like when you have the when you have the nickname benny biceps that could be a reason why I, it's I mean, yeah, the fans love him so is it maybe is it's a front office thing where like the front office doesn't get along or a management thing but it seems like teammates and fans all love this guy so I think he can do well on the Royals. I, I view him kind of like he can be like an Alex Gordon, like how they had in left field. I yep. think I, I think for him it's probably a good restart um, to at least try and get – I mean, he, he hit for shit last year. I think he was like under 200. He batted 103 last year. I was going to say, but he's still – he only 
had 40 at bats last year. Like this dude's still a 270 career hitter. And that's like, granted, he had like two years. I'm looking at a stat line now that we're like 290 plus, but the other two years he hit 270 and 266. Like he's still a good player and his OBP is always over 300. Like, yeah, he was always good. Like getting on base. Yeah. Like he's still a valuable piece. That's why I think the Red Sox are stupid, but it is what it is. I think they're impatient because that's just the type of franchise that they are along with like others that I've followed and seen, but I don't think that was a contract that you needed to necessarily give up. So I think, I think what the Red Sox are trying to do is put no money into the Red Sox right now. And all that money that should go into the Red Sox, put it into Liverpool. Hey, need it right now. And there it bring is. it back to soccer, baby. And moving on, let's talk about a team that keeps spending money. The Dodgers re-signed uh, Justin Turner to a two-year deal worth over thirty million dollars. Yo, fuck, fuck this team. They are the they are the new Death Star. I don't give a shit. People should not hate on the Yankees. Fuck that. Yes, Boza. Where are they getting the money? I don't understand it. They just rich, man. They just the don't give a Dodgers, fuck. Dodgers, man. Voza, I I just explained it. They're a team that's worth three to five billion dollars, and they go, "Hey, we're worth three to five billion dollars. This luxury tax, fuck the luxury tax. This guy's been on the team for a while. Let's re-sign him. Bam, there it is. That's it. They're so doing like the exact opposite of what the Yankees have done, which is let's just punch above the luxury tax. Fuck it. But now they want to get under it. The Dodgers have been like balking at building big teams. And now they're just like, who gives a shit? We're going to go over the luxury tax. Let's just win. Who cares? Their payroll is literally over 220 right now. It's fucking nuts. There was a stat that I saw online that was like two. their payroll is 260. And then there was like five teams that included the Rays, the Indians. Forgot the other three teams. And that didn't even reach 260. It was like 230. I believe it. Combined. It's probably, to be honest, right now, it's probably the Rays, the Indians, the A's, because the A's are always down there. Marlins. Um, Rockies at this point. The Marlins and probably the Rockies after the Arenado trade. No, there's yeah. still a black man who's making like $25 million. That's Yeah, but he's might, he might be the only one. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pirates. Yeah. Did you say Pirates? I think that's the other I one. Didn't say Pirates. Blackman probably makes more money than all the other Rockies players combined. Yeah, oh, probably yeah. until Trevor Story gets. I would say it. is Trevor Story on arbitration because he might be making twenty. Uh, I think he's, oh, yeah, I think he is actually. I think he's still on arbitration. I so. think he's on arbitration, but didn't he get like besides yeah, the Arnado thing? Small didn't, amount. Didn't he just get fucked in arbitration too? So he's like really wants to get the fuck out of there. I heard he might stay. They well, they traded his best friend, and then I think they got him for like. The difference was like $2 million, and they were like, nope, and took him to arbitration. So he's like, fuck this team. Um, yeah, finished. but – sorry, go ahead, Frank. No, I th- I'm just saying I think it was Story that is the, the story that I'm thinking of was Trevor Story. No pun like, intended. That it was a $2 million difference, and they took him to arbitration, and he lost, and they traded his best friend to the Cardinals. <laughs> Um, yeah, otherwise I kind of like the move for the Dodgers. I think it, listen, Justin Turner, I think still has value and putting him on that team. Like he fit that team better than probably any other team that was looking at him. I was kind of a little upset. The Mets didn't push a little for him, but for two years and like 35 million, they could keep him too. Yeah. There's other options. You can go with third base. I mean, Justin Turner probably isn't like top priority. No, it's not enough of an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I think mean, my one-minute drill is going to be my theory on the Mets' third base position. So, gotcha. Oh, God. Uh, just one more thing on Justin Turner. The Dodgers better pay that dude after, like, going through this whole World Series thing where they were like, he was told to go in and then go out. And then we told him he couldn't go back out. And then we were like, yeah, he could go back out. Like, mm-hmm. just for that, just for the headache of, like, him coming out after he tested positive when they won the World Series – Give the dude his money. Like mm-hmm. no, nothing bad came of it. It was a bad look. Give the dude the money for the headache that it definitely caused. Yep. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna slide this third one into this. So I thought of a fun thing this week. It's not really that fun, but fun for me is there was a lot of things that happened with like current slash former Mets and Yankees. So since we're the nine one four podcast, I figured we should probably talk about them all in one little group and see how long this takes before we dive into this other transactions of the week. So first up, I'm skipping a little bit. Uh, Seth Lugo is starting the season on the injured list, which is already a huge bummer because for some reason the Mets can't have anything good happen for more than like a month at a time. So keep signing relief pitchers. And then our best one uh, is going to be out for a little bit, but it seems like it shouldn't be a big deal and he should be back hopefully within a couple months. Uh, let's switch to the Yankees. Um, Yankees signed Jay Bruce to a minor league contract. I don't know. Yeah. Minor league contract. Minor league. And I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but you're also close to signing Justin Wilson and I fucking love him. He, he, that's not close anymore. That's, uh, that went through. It did go through. All right, great. So I love that move for the Yankees. I don't understand why it didn't bring him back, but, um, yeah. Any thoughts on those two? They Justin, needed Justin Wilson, so Justin I like Wilson that. is great for the bullpen. I think now having Chapman, Britton, uh, Green, Wilson, and Darren O'Day as like your five your five main pieces, that's that's back to like okay, I could deal with this bullpen. This bullpen's not gonna make me want to strangle myself because yeah. now Sessa and uh, Luizaga might not pitch as much, so that that's good. Uh, Jay Bruce is I. He's going to play in AAA. It's going to be it'll yeah. be fine for him. Like He'll be one of those quadruple A players. Like he doesn't belong in yeah. AAA, but like he's not good enough anymore to play in uh in the major league. He'll he'll come up for what's it called? He'll come up for double headers and then he'll play in AAA. He'll be Yeah, he'll come yeah. up when Judge gets hurt again. Shut <laughs> up, Boza. I feel I mean, like he's banking on that to be honest because he could have went somewhere else, I feel like and at least been like Tell me that I think he wants to be on a contender too. So tell me that's why they didn't sign him, Frankie. I mean, shut up. <laughs> yeah, Joe, he wants to be on a contender, the Scranton Wilkes Bear Rail Riders. Yeah. <laughs> they win but, they win a lot. <laughs> but with Justin Wilson, it's a serviceable reliever, relief pitcher, but it's also a lefty. And I know with us, we, we don't generally have a lot of lefties or a lot of solid lefties in the bullpen. So I, I'd like that signing. With Bruce, I mean, like, it is what it is. Like, it, it's another bat. I mean, he's also coming to a team where there's DH. So, agree. You can't foresee what's going to happen with injuries. So, if you need to tell me that that's a veteran bat that we can have for that, like, those points in time, I'm fine with it. I think the struggle is that in you have a lefty, so that the right field is going to look nice if he's getting anything and he connects on that end. So it's going to be a friendly ballpark for him, but he strikes out a, a decent amount too. So you, you, we kind of know what we're getting with him. 
the, the real problem is if Jay Bruce ends up playing more than like 30 or 40 games, Something that's when wrong. that's when the problem strikes. Oh yeah. If if you see him once in a while, you see him for like 20, 25 games, I think you're starting to get a little antsy, but I still think that's manageable. It's when you start seeing them for 40, 50, 60 games that it's going to be a problem. Um, unless he's performing well. Unless he's performing well. And who knows, that could be because like you give him a DH spot. So if you're not having to put him out in the field, I'm okay if he's playing 40 to 50 games and he's putting up like 270, he's hitting home runs, he's putting RBIs. Like I'm okay with that as like a late to like a 6-7 in the lineup. Yeah, but I still it's still not a good thing because that means that something went wrong with your outfield and your DH spot. Because the outfield, right, like we have four spots. We have Judge and Wright, Hicks and Center, which Hicks and Center is Hicks and Center, uh, Frazier and left, Giancarlo in, as the DH. Yeah. For Bruce to be getting those at bats, that means something went wrong with one of those four guys, and that's not good. And not really four guys. Well, something went wrong with Judge or. Um, yeah, because I, I they'll I, figure out a way to get like if it's um, Talkman or someone else. Talkman or, or the other. I, I still think we're going to resign Gardner. So or the like, other, or the other person we're forgetting about is it could be first base with Luke Voigt because Jay Bruce has played first base. Okay, still and that, then that's something went really wrong because I think they'd rather Mike Ford. But all right. <laughs> The Mets signed a bunch of players. Vozo was making fun of me before we got on the podcast because now we have 48 center fielders. Um, we signed Kevin Pillar now to – I don't even know if that was a major or minor league deal. Another guy who can't hit. Another guy who can't can hit. play so, defense. Yeah, another good defensive center fielder that could platoon with Nimmo um, already with Albert Amora. They also signed Jonathan Villar, who's a super utility guy. I actually like that signing a lot because – with losing Jimenez and Rosario in the Lindor trade, they needed guys that could kind of like move around the infield and outfield. So VR was a nice touch and relievers on a minor league deal was Tommy Hunter and Mike Montgomery. I don't really care about either one. I think neither one of them is probably going to break opening day, but like I said before the Mets with these depth signings, I think is really what's showing that Cohen's going to spend money on triple a teams. Here's my theory on the center fielders. What's going to happen is this, that you're going to, you're going to have a game where you're in a pinch hit or your center field is going to get injured. So you put Albert Amora in. He's in there for defense. Then it's his turn to bat. And you're like, you know what? We don't want to pinch hit for the pitcher. We're going to pinch hit for our center fielder because we can put Kevin Pillar out there for the next three innings if we need to. I mean, that's the only way like this makes – Because it makes no sense. But like even so, I keep trying to figure out how they're going to fit all these guys on their bench because – Someone's got to go to AAA at some point or get cut because we also signed like Jose Martinez at one point. They've got a uh, little mini Frankie. I can never pronounce that dude's name. Luis Guillorme. Thank you. Um, it's just like a lot of guys that like someone's got to give, even with the 26 men on the roster. I feel like if anyone's going to play corner outfield, it's going to be Pilar over Almora, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Pilar's probably I, I, I think a year I, or so in center, to be honest. Yeah, I think Pilar is more serviceable in the outfield defensively than Almora is, to be honest. And he, he's definitely – I think he's definitely more versatile. I think he plays above average in all three outfield spots. Yeah. While Almora might only play above average in center. I would just love it if uh, the Players Union MLB Baseball could stop being giant bitches and approve the DH so the Mets could do something for real at center field and not sign a bunch of guys that platoon. 
Nah. No, that would be too easy. <laughs> um, all right. So some other these are just like fun names. Not all of them played with the Mets or Yankees this past year. Um I'm gonna start with the ones that did though. Mariner signed James Paxton, so he went back home. Uh what are your guys' thoughts on losing Paxton? I mean I just wish he didn't go back to the Mariners because now we it was like they got Paxton back and they got Sheffield. They got, and, they got Justice Sheffield for nothing. Like, it's like how we have with Chapman. It was, it's like one of those feelings. Like yeah, we but Chapman at least the fucking Cubs got a World Series out of it. Right, but it's also – it's still AL. I would have rather go to NL than to there, – there's other factors, but yeah. It, it was – I would have still liked to have Sheffield, to be honest. I think Sheffield's going to be good for the Mariners for a while, whereas Paxton, I think his best days are behind him. So, like, it hurts to – not especially in a year where there are a lot of like there's so many options in our rotation, but there's all the options have question marks next to them. I think it it would have been nice to maybe get Paxton back on on a little bit lesser of a deal, but I also think that his time in New York wasn't as as great as everyone expected. And I don't think he enjoyed it here as much as it seemed like he was going to when it first happened. Um, So it does suck that he went back to the Mariners, though. Any other team, any team besides the Mariners, uh, I I don't think this is even talked about. Agreed. All right. Uh, The Cubs signed Jake Marisnik, who played with the Mets last year, another center fielder. I don't really care about him. Now for the three fun ones. I thought these were such fun, useless signings because the names are just great. (laughs) Um, Jed Lowry is still alive, and he signed with the (laughs) Oakland Athletics after basically getting paid for the Mets for the last two years for a total of six at-bats. Hand up. I didn't even know his contract was up with the Mets. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I was counting down the days. That poor bastard got, like, dragged onto the active roster, I think, the end of last year for, like, fun. Like, just no reason. Um, But whatever. He went back to Oakland. Don't really care too much about him. Uh, Another former Yankee sighting, uh, Greg Bird, signed with the Colorado Rockies. I can't wait till he hits 100. Like, he's going to hit 100. He'll hit hit 107. But he's going to hit 30 home runs, and at least two of them are going to be 500 feet long. <laughs> well, that's what I think we, everyone keeps waiting for still with him, and I think the Rockies are probably banking on it a little bit since they pay nobody now. But. Yeah, no, that'll be fine. He could bat behind Trevor Story, and Trevor Story could bitch and moan until he gets traded. Uh, My personal favorite, the Baltimore Orioles have signed Matt Harvey to a contract to now partner up with King Felix in one of the greatest rotations of 2000 and, I don't know, 12, 13, (laughs) 14, whatever year that was. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, I like – I, I was sour on Matt Harvey when they finally got rid of him. I was, like, kind of sick and tired of him at that point. Um, but I actually, like, kind of feel for the dude now, and I, like, hope that he can at least stick in a major league rotation and show that he can still pitch. Like, I think they just showed it was, like, his uh, anniversary of, like, his opening day start or whenever the last time he his first start as a Met. And it was, like, the best start for a starting – for a rookie, I think, since, like, 1967. He gave up less than three hits with, like, 11-plus Ks against the Diamondbacks. So, he had this stuff. I just hope his arm is not completely broken. Or his brain's not completely broken. I think That's, he's past that now. I, I I think his problems were all mental, not physical. 
Yeah, I mean, that was definitely what did him in, honestly. Um, and that's why I soured on him and was, like, so happy when they just shipped him off to the Reds. But ever since after the Reds, I was always rooting for him because I didn't want him to go be good on the Reds right away because that would have been infuriating. But, like, when he signed with the Angels and that didn't work out and now with Baltimore, I mean, the problem is he's in that division, but he gets to play the Red Sox now, so hopefully he'll be okay. Um, this next little giant chunk... I can either do two things. I could steamroll through it, or Stephen, we could do your idea and pick. Each of us could pick the ones that stand out the most to us or the ones that we like. Basically, to our viewers at home, every other signing this week, there was probably like 20 of them. It's all smaller signings that, in theory, probably won't have too dramatic of an impact on any of the major league teams. Um, but a lot of them are like those under-the-radar signings that – You've heard the name before. You've heard the player before that could easily bounce back and probably help a team. So what would you guys like to do there? I think you could steamroll through them. And the ones that like we do want to just touch on, I, I think we could do a combination of both where we do throw out a little, hey, I like that signing for them All right. here and there. Cool. All right. I also tried to put it in order of somewhat of importance at the time. So – We'll go. Uh, the Mariners also signed Ken Giles. So does anybody know when the Mariners decided they wanted to start trying to win games? Because I have no idea when the fuck that happened. I, oh, I, I did when they uh, traded for Jared Kalenic. Well, wow, fuck you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're done with the Mariners talk. You know, I'm, this is the only thing I'm going to add to this Kalenic crap. Because honestly, I hope to God he turns into like Ken Griffey Jr. for that franchise. But the only saving grace is that he will never win as a Mariner. So he'll have to go somewhere else. And then at that point, I'll be over it. And I can root for him again. Um, New York Yankees. That will, I, I, someone record this, Frankie. Save it. If he ever, ever ends up a New York Yankee, I will have to kill myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Taking extreme measures there. Oh, Lord. Tony, Tony, I think you just said it and then didn't say it and then said it again. Like, mm. the Mariners aren't trying to win. The Mariners are just trying to pretend like they, oh, look, hey, Mariners fans, we're trying. And then, Ken Giles is like a good signing if you have the ten pieces that go around him on your in your rotation and in your bullpen. Like, Dude, this is why they traded part of the reason why they traded Edwin Diaz, because everyone was like, Who needs a good closer when your team sucks? And then they just signed a pretty good closer. But still, I, I don't think he ends up a good closer. I think he ends up the closer that's there. Fair enough. I, I think it's they're they're like, Oh, we're getting a good closer on a good deal, and it's gonna be He's just another guy that's a Mariner that's like, hey, remember when we were supposed to be maybe kind of okay this year and then we weren't? Yeah, that's every year. Fair enough. Padres signed – this is all pitching, by the way. For some reason, every (laughs) relief pitcher signed this week. Padres signed Keon Kella, who did not pitch last year very much. I think he might have had like an inning or two. He had COVID and an injury scare, but he was very good recently. So if the Padres can get old Keon Kella back – I like that signing a lot. For Keone Kella. Keone. I do. Pronunciation is not my strong suit. I mean, he's on the Padres, so he'll probably end up being good or. But. <laughs> he'll end up being good or like he's another guy that he'll be in AAA for the rest of the year. Like they'll, they'll figure out what to do with him. It'll be fine for them. Uh, Giants signed Jake McGee. 
who gives a shit? Don't care too much about him. Astro signed Steve Chiz. I can't pronounce that guy's name C-Shack. either. Yo, he's, he's been sad. around for like 52 years now, it feels like. I, like I, think he's, I think he's a better reliever. I mean, from when they had Ken Giles, I think. He started off in Miami, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. As a starter, yeah. As a starter, and then they switched him to the bullpen, and he got pretty good for a while. And then I, I think he's bounced around a little bit. He was really yeah. good with the Cardinals. Yeah. I, I like that for the Astros in the sense that they have no other relievers, but who fucking cares about the Astros, too? Yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck the Astros. <laughs> hey, he's another guy. there you go. <laughs> One thing Mets and Yankees and baseball fans can agree, fuck the Astros. <laughs> I hope they get booed. Oh, man. C-Shark's a guy, guy, he's like the last piece to get you over the hump of like having a good bullpen. And when he's your only piece, there's no hope. Yeah. If the Mets play the Astros, by the way, Steven, I will definitely be the part of the 10% that's booing. (laughs) Uh, The Braves signed Nate Jones. He was the reliever on the White Sox not too long ago. I don't know where he pitched last year, but he was good for a while too. These are all like random guys that used to be good that just haven't done anything. Yeah, uh, who cares? <laughs> yep. Padre signed Mark Melanson, another guy that's still alive. I think that's another good Padre signing because he's an old vet and like he's still decent enough where I think he's he's gonna be a good clubhouse guy. Again, weren't like, him weren't him and Kella teammates at some they, point? They might have been. I feel like they did cross paths, didn't he? I feel like Keller like almost replaced Melanson. Maybe maybe in in, in, in Pitt. At, uh, I was gonna say in Atlanta, maybe. I don't know. He's or gonna maybe. be well, like a seventh inning guy, probably. You're right. Yeah. I think it was Pitt. I think. I it think it was Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, I, regardless, I think he's a good veteran guy to have around with a bunch of young guys. So. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, the Dodgers <laughs> traded a pitcher. Color, color. I can't pronounce names. Choleric. Is that how you say it? Sure. All right, to the A's. To the A's are... It's your world. It's your segment. Yeah, that's true. I'm just going to pronounce them however I feel like. <laughs> Tampa Bay signs Colin McHugh, former Met great. Uh, Blue Jays signed David Phelps. Red Sox signed Hiro Kaza Sawamura. Frank, that was a Frankie special. <laughs> Hiro Kazu Sawamura. You were so close. I tried. I tried my best. You were best, so guys. close. Yeah, no, who gives a shit? Like, all Colin McHugh is going to end up great again because the fucking Rays could go fuck themselves. Yep. yep. It's going to be annoying. That one in Rich Hill. I'm really yeah. not. I would say, yep, Ray signed Rich Hill. He's going to end up a star. He's going to be healthy. That's actually what's going to happen. He just needs to be healthy, Rich Hill. <laughs> he's going to be Charlie Morton for them. He's going to be a cool. guy that has been around forever, finally gets healthy, and he's going to end up a good pitcher and then leave. Uh, let's not compare Charlie Morton and Rich Hill. Charlie Morton's been right. good for the Charlie last. Charlie Morton was shit. Before Charlie Morton, though, was bad for a long time. Rich Hill, Three four prob- years. but Rich Hill probably has more longevity of being a good pitcher than Charlie Morton does. Yeah, but Charlie his Morton- size every season is like five games. Well, yeah, that's the problem. Guys, listen, this year he'll make 30 starts. <laughs> there, listen, yeah. there's no way that Rich Hill stays healthy. Tampa. No way that Rich Hill stays healthy and Chris Archer gets good again. No way the two of them happen. Uh, so at least they're one. They're yeah, one right? <laughs> so. At least we got that. Uh, Jake Arrieta returned to the Cubs. I actually like that signing a lot. I wish it wasn't the Cubs, but I like him. Does that count? I think I I like the signing. uh, I like the signing for the Cubs. I don't like it for Jake Arrieta because I think he's trying to recapture the magic and then everybody's going to end up not on that team and it's going to be him standing there like, 
where'd all my friends go? <laughs> I feel like Arietta is just reminds me of like a Sabathia esque guy that's just going to end up finding like a new way to pitch and just be on a team for like the next you know ten years after he should have retired. Could be. I mean, yeah, he'll he'll do that on the Cubs, and the Cubs will just be like, "Yep, here's our guy. Remember when he was good for us? Us too." Uh, another pulse check. Brewers signed Jordan Zimmerman, who I guess is not on the Tigers anymore. I felt like he signed that massive contract so long ago that I didn't know it expired. <laughs> uh, Frankie, you're, you want me to try to pronounce this shit? Or you That's wanna... the only reason why it's here. All right. So apparently Bartolo Colon, while trying to make a comeback with the Mets, <laughs> has signed with the Aceros de Monclova. I that's believe a, that's closer than I would have said it. Close enough. In the um, Liga Mexicana Liga, de Baseball. Liga Mexicana de Baseball. De Baseball. So that's where he's the, playing. I'll give it the English treatment and say Acereros de Monclova. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So Bartolo's still pitching and alive. I wish the Mets would just sign him to just do something. I don't even care what it is, whether he pitches or just, like, <laughs> sweeps the dugout. Like, Thanks he just runner. needs to be on the team. He's going to have a big year for Monclova, and he'll be back next year. It'll be great. Uh, I hope so. Um. All right, last bunch of names. These were, like, names that everyone's heard of, probably, if you watch baseball, that – I'm pretty sure not one of them is going to make an impact on the team. <laughs> but the Marlins signed Adam Duvall. Who's... Is, that, is that just to be kind of close to Jacksonville so they could, like, <laughs> they could get, like, Duvall on the back of, like, the jerseys and be like, we're – 152 miles away. What the fuck are you doing? I think Cheater just like called him. I was like, hey, you want like 400 at bats this year? And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, he might hit 40 home runs if that's the case. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Angel signed John Jay, who I'm pretty sure didn't John Jay take like a sabbatical from baseball for a little bit because he was dealing with like personal shit. I, I feel believe. like it was him. Maybe. Yeah, so if it was, good to see him back. If not, don't really care that you're back. Um, Tigers signed Nomar Mazzara, who used to be a top prospect with the Rangers. And I don't know about you guys. I feel like that was like five minutes ago, but nobody gives a shit about him anymore. He was on the White Sox last year. Now he's on the Tigers. He fell off the fucking planet. I feel like that's such a good, such a Tigers-esque signing of like, this is a guy that should be a Tiger because he was supposed to be so goddamn good and then just wasn't. Uh, hey, Vosa, you'll be happy to hear that the Red Sox used some of that money they've saved uh, with mm. Mookie Betts, and they signed Marwin Gonzalez. Not even sure where he's playing, but All right. on the team uh, now. Cool. I mean, he could fill like six positions on that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah but it's funny because I feel like he's, he's primarily a third baseman, I would think, and that's Wait. like the only position that – No, they'll have him play first. He'll be first. Yeah, he <laughs> could play first, second, short, third, and corner outfield. Unless they're planning on – Moving Devers to first, but I think Devers is still too young to start. You can't that. move him yet. I mean, they did it with Vlad Jr. already, but I think Devers is yeah, but, a much better third baseman than Vlad ever was. Yeah, I think I think Vlad's Devers is a little boy, bit more so. athletic at third base than Vlad is. I agree, but I'm just saying, like, you you can't fully take that off the table. That's my issue too. As like a side note, like for teams that start moving players into the DH that soon and only focusing on hitting fucks up a lot of their like value in my opinion 
not well not only that it also it teaches them oh i just have to hit like i don't have to play the field and then when they get stuck playing the field everybody wondered oh what happened this guy used to be like pretty good at third base or pretty good at first base and now he can't fucking play first base what happened Agreed. Uh, Philly signed Brad Miller. Blue Jays signed Joe Panic. Rangers I, signed Brock Holt. I like both of those. I like Joe Panic as like your your extra infielder on the Blue Jays, and I like Brock Holt on the Rangers because I think the I I think he'll be good on that team. Yeah, he's a good fit. He's a good utility guy. I like him. Uh. Indians signed Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton is literally going to be on a major league roster, I think, until his legs fall off because he's just so fast. They'll find, like, somewhere to put him. He'll, he's going to play for all 32 teams. Like, yeah. As a pinch runner at some point. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Diamondback signed as Drupal Cabrera. This is the only one that we've read through the last few that I think will actually impact the club. As Drupal Cabrera to me is so underrated. I feel like every freaking year, he's going to be like a Howie Kendrick type guy, like where all of a sudden he like revived his career at the end for uh, the Nationals. That's what I think is Drupal's like been doing and nobody's taking any note to it. He's just, well, the problem is, is that he's on the Diamondbacks and not a yeah. team that's going to win the World Series. He needs to figure out, pick the team that's going to win the World Series with him as a piece. Yep, agreed. And last but not least, the Atlanta Braves signed Jason Kipnis, who is also still alive and well. Um, And with that, that is all the moves from this week. I pray to God that there is not much over the next week (laughs) now that spring training is starting, because then we could talk about way more fun things than every single move here. Um, But yeah, baseball starting, guys, so it'll be way more fun. Yay. And with that, I pass it back to Frankie. Thank you. I was waiting for the throwback. <laughs> I like forget that I'm like still hosting. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll do it for baseball. Lots of baseball. Of, I mean, we always talk a lot about baseball. So let's shift gears and get into something we don't talk about a lot. But th- it seems like this is maybe the best news week. The, the most most going on probably since the season started for the NBA. So uh, I'm going to throw it to Joe, and let's talk a little basketball. Thanks, Frankie. I'll start off with fantasy first. All right, I'm interrupting you immediately. Fuck fantasy basketball. I put all my guys in all fucking week. And you still fucking lost. By like 42 fucking points to sloppy here because Anthony Davis and his fucking injury and all this bullshit crap (laughs) couldn't stay on the goddamn court for more than five minutes. I officially... Fucking done with fantasy basketball. I'm going back to not putting my guys in. Carry on. I I play him this week. Awesome. (laughs) Fucking bullshit. So mad. So Cohen lost to Steve by 40 (laughs) 40 points. I've won five in a row. Yeah, I'm so mad I lost to him. So mad. I beat my brother by about 50 points. And Frankie uh, just put a, a fucking beating to Voza. Boza also hasn't checked. Boza, you should yet. put your fucking hold guys on, in. Hold on, I would like to say I did the math because I knew this was going to come up. 
if he, regardless of positioning or regardless of if he played too many players, if he played every person that played on his bench, he still would have lost by like 300. <laughs> now, honestly, I'm waiting to see like if my team actually wins one by accident and then I can really just make fun of whoever's team lost. <laughs> It'll be wow. mine soon. I hope it's not me because I'm playing you this week. Uh, you better hope not, Joe. I know, because then if not, you're gonna check. But, but. You gotta, you gotta just double check one thing. I think you have an actually like really good player on your bench, and I can't remember who it is. It's probably Durant just, or Doncic, one of the no, two of them. No, Doncic is in. You gotta it's double Durant. check and make sure Durant's not off your no, thing. Collins is in. on your bench right now. Maybe that's who it is. I don't remember. I, I just remember adding up points really quick and being like, "Oh, he's still lost." Well, you guys like that I'm the uh, the stat guy, so I'm gonna give a fantasy stat right now. So there's two divisions, the East and the West. In the East, you have Frankie, who's technically in first at six and two. Steve, who is in second or tied for first for six and two. And I'm in last at five and three. <laughs> but in the West division, my brother is in you first. You mean the but, best division? <laughs> um, he's four and four. So if I was in that division, I'd be in fucking first right now. <laughs> Balada, you're in second because you're, like you're two and six. Salty. And Voza is one and seven. So uh, I have a win. Uh, I'm yeah, a playoff team. You won your first game and you've lost oh, ever okay. ever since. So here's what the problem is: is we fucked up structuring this league because it obviously should have been a Tony in each league, a Diegas in each league, and then Steve and Frankie in each league. Agreed. Yeah. Like we. Well, we I don't think we. Th- I don't think we thought that you and I would be at the top. No, no, but we fucked up because that would have been good symmetry. A Diegas each, a Tony each, and then you and me are the spare parts that would have been in each. Well, not by much because I'm down a game, but I have scored the most points in the league. So technically, if if I surpass both of you, then I'm back in first. So me and Steven so far have split. We've played each other twice. We've split, Mm -hmm. and then you've beaten us each once, and that's how we get to our six and two. Wait a minute. So there's right now, if the league ended today, I'd be in the playoffs and Joe wouldn't. No, no. I'd no. still be in the playoffs. You wouldn't. Why? Because it's, it's top four teams. So, my, so Nikki, dude, why? Why couldn't it be one and one out of each? It's not top four teams. It's, it's first place, <laughs> first place, and then the next two best records. That's yeah. stupid. Top four. Yeah. Fuck, in this that's case, it's stupid. top four. Wait till fantasy baseball when I make the fucking rules uh, backwards. Oh. <laughs> uh. I can't wait. Shut up, Commissioner. Why don't you make Why don't you make the league first, guys? I'm guys. gonna make the league. All right, let's go back to basketball. Enough on please. fantasy. What happened with basketball? You already <laughs> so, alluded to it. Yeah. So uh, Cohen's a little bit mad, uh, or a lot of mad, I should say, because Anthony Davis is supposedly out two to three weeks with an Achilles injury. So this is not good timing right now for the Lakers. Tony. There's a there's already teams that are calling out who the, the champion's going to be, and the Lakers are not coming up. But um, what's interesting on the timing is now there's a lot of players who are on the trade block. So there's a couple names that have been thrown out of who is either been talked about in conversations or um, they are not being played because they're trying to trade them. Uh, the main two that have come up recently are Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin that came up on Monday. So Andre Drummond's an interesting one because I've already heard talks of the Hornets or the Mavs potentially interested in trading for Drummond, which makes sense on both teams, but I think would be a better fit for the Hornets. Um, We also have Blake Griffin, 
Blake Griffin's interesting in his contract because of the buyout. I don't think he will uh, try and take less, but the Pistons have already said that they're looking to play their younger guys. They don't really want to utilize him in the rotation as they used to. So something is probably going to come up in the next week or so with Blake Griffin. Would um, it be, it would be fun if Blake Griffin like got cut, signed with the Lakers to replace Anthony Davis, just because uh, his Jersey's already in the rafters in Staples center. True. I just feel bad for Blake Griffin because he got fucked over with the Clippers as like, he got signed that big contract and they were like, yeah, fuck you. We're trading you. And now the Pistons are like, sorry, we're going with the young guys and Blake Griffin. I mean, yeah, he's up there in age, but He's still somebody who you can really put out there and and put out production just really hasn't done that this year. And injuries have really played him in the uh, recent years, but uh, those are the two biggest names right now. Other talks I've heard uh, John Collins. So the Hawks are are looking to trade him, but they're asking for a high first round pick. So they're going to probably have to come down in their asking price if they're really going to trade Collins. And then Lonzo balls, another one, his name has been coming out a lot in the last recent weeks last we've heard is the Bulls are interested. I don't know why. The Bulls have enough, I think, in the backcourt, and especially um, with how they're playing, I don't think you need to bring in a, a guy like Lonzo. But for us Nick fans, two folks or two names that have come up recently are Austin Rivers and Kevin Knox. I think of the two, Austin Rivers makes the most sense now that we had gotten – Derek Rose and Austin Rivers. I mean, he just went into the game last or last game. Uh, not the one that's currently playing on Monday, but he only came in for like garbage minutes. So played them both. What is when was the last time Kevin Knox played? No, true, but I mean, like Kevin Knox is at least a a small forward. So I mean, that doesn't play. <laughs> it, he doesn't play, but I mean, there's still more. There's more to rotate Kevin Knox in than there is with Austin Rivers right now because you have Burks quickly and. Um, and Rose coming off the bench. And even if you're playing three guards, those are the three guards that are going to be playing over Rivers. So get me Bradley Beal. That's all I want. Go get me. He ain't going to get Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal already said he wants to commit to staying to the Wizards. I don't know why. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't know either. But um, I, here, I, listen, I don't think anybody's leaving the Wizards either to look come to the Knicks for a functioning franchise yet. I mean. Hey, Joe, I want to go back up to the Andre Drummond. Drummond thing. He's a way better fit for the Mavs than the Hornets right now. No, agree. But the, what the Mavs would have to trade, I don't know if they would. Well, yeah, because we already traded all of our first-round picks <laughs> to the fucking New York Knicks. Those assholes. I see. I would, I would love it. I would love it if we can get him because Porzingis is a little bitch and he can't handle hey. the position. And Maxi Kleba, Kleba isn't a good isn't a good uh, partner for him. And he, he needs like a Tyson Chandler type, the way that Dirk needed Tyson Chandler. Um, and I feel like Andre Drummond could possibly be that guy. I think what you can do, I think if you're the Mavs, the way that you, you package this, if you go for Drummond, is you get rid of Dwight Powell, you get rid of James Johnson, and you throw one or two picks in there. I think that's what like a package would look like if you're going for Andre Drummond. I feel like that's that's but the picks not second a lot round, at all. Second round like, picks. Okay, I feel like we would have to give up Kleba, or I don't think so. or even Finney Smith. You really don't think so? I don't know. I don't Unless think so. In, is he in the last? Uh, is he in the last year of his contract? Yeah. Oh, is he really? Oh, okay. So. Yeah, then I agree with you. I didn't. I didn't realize that. So I think if you're you've been looking for a third, I think with what and at the center position, you're you really haven't had much consistency there. 
Yeah, like I said, since Tyson Chandler, we haven't uh, our center position's been shit. But I can also see like the Hornets being a good fit. Like if if the Hornets want to flip like uh, Biombo and like I think Malik Monk uh, is like another one. Yeah, I think the Hornets can package something, especially because you want to get put on teams that are also playoff ready. And it's crazy to think the Hornets are playoff ready, but the way that Lamelo's playing, um, Gordon Hayward has kind of resurfaced into what he was with the Jazz. Um, those are things I think Drummond would get behind because he knows that playoffs would be in in the near future or this future or this year. Let's man. be honest. Andre put Drum- some respect on the Mavs, man. Andre yeah. Drummond would fit best with the Nets, but they just have no more first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would have done the trade when they got rid of Jared Allen. I think that's what the interesting thing is: is that I, when when they traded Jared Allen to the Cavs, I was like, you already have Drummond there, so you're going to have to flip Drummond. So it makes sense. They're trying to get rid of Drummond before the trade deadline. You fit Allen into the the five in the starting rotation. But oh, maybe next week we'll have some more updates as it relates to trades. But uh, that's been the big talk, in the especially today. So when we're recording on Monday, there's been a lot of talks of what's going to be happening, what players are being talked about. So... Hopefully we'll have some more concrete news on, on what's happening in the trade market, but we'll probably be seeing some, a lot of other guys that we haven't spoke about be flipped in the, uh, the next coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe, when's the, when's the trade deadline? Do we know it's in March? Um, everything is weird now with, with how they're with this, with the season is. Yeah, that's why, but it's definitely like, it's not like the end of the month. No, we have, I think, like the middle of March, I think it was. So, like, three to four weeks. Okay. So, that that's reasonable. That means we, yeah. we'll have a lot of time to talk about this kind of stuff. Oh, right. there was one other thing I wanted to talk about with the NBA, and it's with the All-Star game. There's been a lot of talks about, like, how they're going to do the All-Star game. There have been talks about um, – because – of course, the NBA, they want to get money for it, so they want to still do the All-Star game. There's a lot of players who don't want to do it, especially for the additional rest, don't want to go through the additional travel. Uh, there have been talks about doing the uh, dunk competition at halftime for the All-Star game. So curious to hear from you all. Um, I, I have my thoughts on the, on the dunk contest, but how would you feel that within like a four-hour span, you're having not only the All-Star game, but the dunk competition smack in the middle? At halftime? No boy. Yeah. Bozo, you're on mute. They shouldn't be doing the All-Star game. No, Mike, I got a little notification that I was on mute. Um, so, they shouldn't be doing the All-Star game. And okay. I don't give a shit about the dunk competition because the best players aren't even – the best players don't even dunk anymore. Well, so here's what you do. The, instead of doing the All-Star game and getting all these players together and it's obviously high risk, all that stuff, you don't want – God forbid somebody shows up and has COVID and now all the All-Stars have fucking COVID and ruin all their teams and now ruin the season. What you do is you cancel the All-Star game and you do the skills competitions remotely. So then maybe you get like a LeBron in the dunk contest because he gets to do it from fucking the Staples Center – and, and you do it remotely where you have your whatever it is, eight guys, six guys or whatever, and you do it like that. You do it like a fucking Zoom meeting. I, I don't see why they can't do that. And that way, at least you're still getting like the skills competition. You get in the three-point competition, the dunk contest, all that fun stuff in. Because like 
nobody cares about the fucking all-star game. Nobody really cares about the skill stuff, but at least it's, you're saying, Hey, we're being safe and we're doing this for the guys that, you know, want to do it. Yeah. I will say that they've been trying to make the all-star game more entertaining and there has been movement in the right direction, but in this year, you just can't do it. Like I I get it. You think that's what the fans want. The fans want to make sure that the players are healthy. So the fact that you're going to put all of these, the best of the best players in these spots and in these situations where God forbid they catch COVID, they're now out for the next 14, 10 to 14 days during a stretch that is important for a lot of these playoff teams it's not worth it. Do one of those things where it's like, all right, for those who got selected, have it on their resume that they were selected to that all-star game and call it a day. Yeah. That's all they have to do with that. And again, you could do the skills competition and all that shit remotely. Like those guys don't have to be together. They all have fucking hoops. They can do it on. And Obi needs to shut the fuck up about going to the dunk contest because he needs to focus on his game and building chemistry. He's like, oh, like, I'd be happy going to the dunk contest. Like, I don't care. I know you had that highlight dunk the other day. Focus on getting your reps in and, and not doing the uh, what, uh, what Voza said the other day. Like, his best stint was, like, in a seven-minute span for, like, five points and two rebounds. Like, let's work on that. I agree, Joe. But that's what I have for NBA. Unless anyone else has anything, I'm going to pass it back over to uh, Frankie. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, and with that, I'm going to swing it right over to Steven, who's going to do a little bit of uh, English Premier League stuff. And then Champions League is back this week. Uh, the NIT, the Europa, is back this week. Or this week or next week is Europa? This, uh, week, this week. This week. So both of those are back this week. So we, we got a lot of soccer to still talk about. Um, but Ooh. Steve, take it away. Khalili. Khalili. Thanks, Frank. Uh, all right, so we're going to get some EPL first. Uh, let's start with Tottenham, the team that is probably least watched out of all of our teams. Um, Tony, your team lost both of their games, one of them in the FA Cup. So that, if you remember, that's the tournament that kind of resembles American sports that you kind of liked. Um, so now you're out of that. So now you go, I guess we're back to square one with you trying to like soccer. And then you got dismantled by Man City, which they're they're on fire right now, so I'm not surprised with that result. Yeah, um, fuck them. They suck now. Yep. You might want to change back. Change, what was the original team that you were looking at? It was Tottenham and... The Wolves. The Wolves. Yeah, well, they're not faring any any better, so you might want to stay stick with Tottenham, but... Maybe I'll just pick a new one. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Just pick uh, – why don't you just move over to Man City while you're at I was going to say, Tony will pick Man City because they're at the top of the card and they yeah. fucking shit the bed. Oh, I don't think they will, but, uh, yeah, Tottenham is not looking good. But who cares because they fucking suck. Uh, let's move to West Ham. So you guys lost away to Manchester United fucking in the FA Cup. bullshit. So you're out, which, yeah. Uh, fuck you, Goose. Fuck you, Goose. And, and then, then they lost in, like, overtime too they didn't even lose and like they lost in the american rules time <laughs> which fucking really was a dagger <laughs> yeah Piece of shit yeah that always sucked and by the way i know you said overtime it's actually called extra time i go fuck yourself <laughs> well at least that? you at least you ended well i guess not ended the week because you played today but you did beat sheffield united at home today 
He won three nothing. Uh, I saw that Ben Rama had an assist, but I also saw that Aaron Cresswell had an assist. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, Aaron Cresswell had an assist off a fucking set piece, which I am on record of saying the only thing he's good at is on the set pieces, on corners, and on fucking free kicks. So that's where he gets all his assists is on corners when Suchek heads shit in and everybody's heads shit in because he, he sets it up nicely. I'll give him that. But then every other time it's like, oh, look, I'm going to dribble, dribble, dribble. Oh, look, this guy's wide open. So I'm going to dribble, 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 pass it backwards. Dribble, is he dribble, the dribble. asshole that is he the asshole who scored the third goal today? No. Who scored oh. the third goal? Because I had under two and a half in that West Ham game and they decided to with the last shot of the game score. Yeah, so they scored in the 96th minute. Uh, Carl Frederick scored in the in the yeah, 96th. That wasn't fun. That was the one that Ben Rama gave the assist on. That wasn't fun. Lanzini played, which I know he hasn't really he been did. starting. So Mikel Antonio's out with fatigue, which is a god I hate. He almost played though. The report was <laughs> that the, the report was that from a fitness perspective he could have played, but they didn't want it with the quick turnaround, so they wanted to give him the extra time. So it's good that it's not as serious as what they thought it was. Yeah, same thing. Even Jesse Lingard, because of uh, well, no, he didn't even have the quick turnaround because he didn't play against Man U because he can't. Um, but Jesse Lingard almost scored in like the 86th minute or so, um, and you could tell he was just shot. So even he came off. He actually came off um, right for uh, I forget who came in for him. Might have been Fredericks. Fredericks might have came in for him and then scored that goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Sheffield. They have like 11 points on the season, so they fucking suck. So you're supposed to beat that team 3 nothing. Very good, boys. Very good. Yeah. I will uh, say this was the first, they were the last team in the Premier League to have a penalty uh, kick. Oh, and yes. They had, <laughs> so they were, they almost had it earlier in the game, but. Um, who was offside? Jared Bowen was. Oh no, not Bowen. No, it, it wasn't was, Bowen. Uh, it was. Uh, oh fuck! Why am I blanking on his name? Yeah, it was the right back. Oh, Kufal. No. Beep beep beep! Breaking news! Breaking news! Uh oh. No, no, Robin Chirino signed a minor league deal with the Yankees. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> All right, go back to West Ham. Steve oh, had to. But... Steve threw some soccer into baseball, so I had to throw some. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I was oh, watching the first fair. half, Frankie, and like I saw. That I was like, oh, that was a bad foul, but he was offside even on the set piece uh, for West Ham. But then they were saying that this they haven't had a, um, a penalty kick all year. And then there was that bad tackle the guy had on Lingard. Like he should have just let the goalie could have easily saved it. So mm-hmm. they fucked up, but it was good for West Ham to get that goal uh, right and, before halftime. Yeah, and it, like Lingard would have had to make an amazing play to actually score on that because he had a bad touch on it too. So it was really out of his reach. Yeah, so like you let him take the shot because if he makes the play, then he he fucking earned it. But um, yeah, and that was funny because I texted you guys because again, being a West Ham fan and being a soccer fan for four months now, whatever it is, I was like, wait, you could just take somebody else's penalty kick? What the fuck? Because Declan Rice came in and was like, no, 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 you're new here. I got this. <laughs> and and, and you think with Declan Rice. He has not taken a penalty kick on the like senior team. He's only yeah. taken it down in like the the junior league for West Ham. So he was like big dick syndrome right there. He's like, no, 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 Lingard, like you're new to this team. I got this. Yeah, this like, motherfucker has to take it. And and I'm not gonna lie, his penalty kick kind of weak. He's lucky that oh, he no. got it, it was, in the corner. 
it was not good. It was a little nerve wracking, but hey, man, it went in, and Lingard was the first one that ran over to him. So he was like, okay. If, if he should have been the opposite, Declan should have been the first one running over to him. Yeah, he should have been like, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah. So now we got a penalty. And now I know that fucking Declan could be like, no, no, no. I'll take the shot. Because <laughs> I did not know that. You learned something new, Frank. Um, well, that's why Ederson wanted to take the penalty last time with Man City. Yeah. What a nut. A goalie wanting to take the penalty. Would you want your goalkeeper to take a penalty kick, Frankie? No, because I know... Yeah, but Ederson that sounds different. fun. I'm, Ederson I'm in favor. I would, I would trust Lloris. I would trust Hugo Lloris. To take Ederson's one. probably the best penalty taker on Man City. Uh, agree, yeah. But I would trust Lloris when there was no Kane. Ugh, fuck Tottenham. We already passed them. We can't talk about them anymore. We got, we got Cohen excited, right? We got to keep that momentum up. Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's going to go way down. Tony, you know what's Great real man. exciting? Tottenham and West Ham. Oh. It's Sunday. 7 oh. a.m. though, so neither one <laughs> going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why I'm not going to watch <laughs> I was it. Say, yeah, yeah okay. right? Sure. I was trying to make it sound better for me because I'm not going to wake up. <laughs> I was worried you weren't going to watch it. I was worried you weren't going to watch the game at 1 o'clock today against Sheffield. <laughs> I, yeah. I dozed back off. I woke up kind of early today, and then I dozed off around 12.30, and I woke up at like five minutes into the game. I went, oh, shit, the game's on. <laughs> hey, Frankie, your next two games. So you played Tottenham at 7 uh, on Sunday, and the next Saturday you played Man City at Man City at 7.30 in the morning. Oh, good. So two games. Which, that might actually be one that you don't want to watch because Man City's yeah. been steamrolling everybody. Yeah, no, I'm just not going to watch those two, and then we'll – I'll, I'll pretend like, oh, can you believe this shit, guys? If, as I watch the eight-minute video before we start recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do I do want to end West Ham and move on to Chelsea, but I do want to say that Frankie – two things. Frankie has used the phrase set pieces, which makes me proud. And two, he's been saying fuck soccer. I'm not a soccer fan. But during this podcast – Shut up, nerd. I thought nobody was going to catch said, it. He I'm said, as a West Ham and a soccer fan I'm gonna beep it for out. about Thank four you. months. So <laughs> Frankie is now fan. a confirmed soccer Frank, fan. You're a soccer and fan. He knows what as, as, as a West Ham fan and a B. <laughs> <laughs> soccer fan. Frank, you're a soccer you fan at this B. point. God damn Shut it. up, nerds. All right, let's uh, let's move on to Chelsea. They have definitely got the new manager bounce. They won both their games this week. Bad. They beat, even though it's bullshit. They played like you had like West Ham played Man U, Tottenham played Everton, and Chelsea played fucking Barnsley. And we played. We, we didn't here. really play that well either. Yeah, you only won nothing. Where? Where? Anyway, so you guys are the only team out of all of our teams to still be in the FA Cup, uh, and then you beat Newcastle today. Uh, two nothing at home. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Joe won that one in the uh, the Diegas War, the Diegas Siblings War. So wait, uh, does he owe me a Pokemon pack? Wait, did he uh, ever agree to it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You gotta. Ask. He's got plenty of them by the sounds of it. You so. can't ask him now because yeah, all his happy days. He's gonna say no. At this point, he's like, "Oh, only one pack. Sure, you could have it. That's fine. <laughs> nah, I've got nah, fifty man. more." You, Steve, you don't you don't understand the Pokemon game. It's, it's no, hard I out don't. here. I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a trainer. trying to find these packs. I'm not it's a master a trainer. World. <laughs> uh, so, what do you guys have to say about Chelsea? I'm sure it's all positive stuff. I mean, they look great. Uh, so it's nice. It uh, Timo actually showed up today, which was fantastic. 
Um, Polisic, is he just hurt, Joe, or is he just on the shit list right now? No, it's not on the shit list. I think part of it is Tuchel wants to start him. His the, the the hard part, and I was listening to one of his press conferences, is he's jumping into this team midseason, so he's kind of learning on the fly of all the players and kind of meshing them. With Champions League happening next week, I think he's trying to make sure that he's keeping his top players in form for that match. So I wasn't as worried. There, there was positive remarks there with Pulisic. I was more worried today or on Monday when they started Kepa again after playing him in the FA Cup. But um, Tuchel has already said that Mendy is still the number one. And I respected his reasoning on, on keeping Kepa or starting Kepa for uh, the Premier League game because he's like, we need to build his confidence. Like, we need to have a strong number two behind us. So you had a clean sheet in the Barnsley game. You had a clean sheet now against Newcastle. So with Kepa, it, 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 it's, it's ebbs and flows. So I'm all for it with building his confidence. And defensively, we've been looking good. I mean, Christensen played solid today or played solid on Monday. So I'm not so worried about Pulisic. I think I, I, I'm behind it. I mean, after five games, the Wolves game, as much as I was upset drawing against the Wolves, in his five games, he's won four out of the five. He's gotten a point in every single game. So I am very pleased. We're fourth right now. Um, we could possibly be sitting comfortably in the next couple of weeks in the top four. So he just has to keep doing what he's doing. I think where I'm really upset is the Tammy Abraham injury because that was such a reckless tackle today um, that Tammy, Ambr- Tammy Abraham got on his ankle. So very pissed about that. Tuchel has made that very clear that it was a reckless tackle. So hopefully, hoping something comes out of that, I'm being reprimanded, but it sucks. But who knows? I mean, we're going to have Havertz probably playing more because of it. So it's it's a next man up mentality going forward now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think it's hard to come in midseason, but I think it's even tougher when, and I still believe this, Chelsea bought way too many players in one position in the summer. And it's, it's hard for any coach to sift through those guys, and there's going to be an odd man out. Like he said that Pulisic should be starting, and if he should be starting, then he should be starting. There's no if ands, or buts. Like he's moved Hudson-Odoi into the right wing back position to, to get him on the field. If you want a guy to start, and if he deserves to start, then you're going to find a way to get him on the field. Um, but they have so many They have so many guys um, that I feel like this summer – coming up it's going to be more about strengthening the defense and selling players in the on on the offensive side which we've seen Chelsea do in the past with like bringing in the Salas and the De Bruynes and selling them because they've just had too many players in those positions and some guys haven't been able to get a lot of playing time so we'll see but you guys look you guys look great and Timo Werner scored today even though he barely scored he scuffed the shit out of that shot yeah well he also had one earlier in the Point game blank. too that he yeah. should have that if he like connected it, it would have just gone straight in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, like I said, with Pulisic agree, he needs to get on the field, but like even Nicolo Conte isn't starting. And if you thought that yeah, like, like, like there's a lot of players who just aren't starting, but I think every player is backing Tuchel in the sense of like, we need to win. And the way of winning is to sacrifice and knowing how we can best utilize our players based on the timing. Like, we have FA Cup. We're going to have Champions League next week. So if, if it was between Pulisic playing, I mean, granted, he'd probably prefer a Premier League game over an FA Cup. But I'd be very surprised if Pulisic is not in that Champions League game, simply because Pulisic has also had 
Champions League experience being on Dorbin. So it'd yeah. be dumb not to play him. So I, I think when you think of all the games in totality, if he's not starting or if he's not even subbed in early on in the Champions League game, then I would worry for Pulisic. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it comes down to um, their game next week, who plays on Saturday. I think that'll that'll be a big thing. Um, and that's part of what I'll go into with Arsenal. So um, if you guys have any parting words, I'm going to go into the Arsenal game because we only played one. No, you're good. All right, cool. So we got knocked out of the FA Cup in the last round, so we didn't have an FA Cup game this week. We only had one game. Uh, we played on Sunday, and we beat the shit out of Leeds. Scared us a little bit in the end. Um, but goddamn, I mean, that game was – I know that there was a game that happened, I think it was like 10 or 11 years ago, where we went up 4 nothing in the first half. We played Newcastle, and then Newcastle scored four goals in the second half, and we tied 4-4. So when they scored those two goals in the second half, I was like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. This is going to be Newcastle all over again. These like BS goals, typical Arsenal. Um, but they played really, really well. I mean, I, don't, I think this is the first week where I don't even have a bad thing to say about Bellerin. Um, and he still bothers the shit out of me, but everybody was just on point. Obama Yang killed it. Um, the only thing that bothers me is that the penalty that was given, which it was a clear penalty. I don't give a shit if they call it a, it was more of a lean than anything else. Like it's a clear foul. Like he impeded Saka and Saka fell down. It's not even like he dove. And then of course the VAR decisions go against Arsenal. Like I feel like we get fucked by VAR all the time. And I was texting in the group chat, ball don't lie, because we got a penalty like two minutes after because the goalie was taking forever to kick the ball out. So I'm glad that we were able to get that. Um, and Obama Yang scored his first Premier League hat trick for Arsenal, which is really encouraging because he scored a lot of goals last year. He was definitely on form. And then uh, this year hasn't scored as many goals and then was recently out for personal reasons, which is which what we've learned is his mom is sick. So we had to tend to that. Um, so get well, Obama Yang's mom. Uh, but, but I mean, it's super encouraging, especially that we have Benfica coming up. Uh, we were able to rest Martinelli, rest Pepe, see what Odegaard could do starting. He looked great. Uh, the only, I don't understand why we're still playing William. I don't get it. Uh, it's, it is. I don't get it either. Yeah, I think there was. I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but there was a stat that like somebody on Twitter was like, I don't understand why Williams still comes on after he came on in the second half in this game. He had the ball ten times, lost it like eight out of the ten times, and only retained the ball like one out of whatever attempts. Like he just doesn't take good care of the ball. He's just sluggish on the field. Um. I'm glad that we still won and we, we were able to just kind of use him here because there's no way he plays in that Europa League game. But I guess we will see what happens with Benfica and we'll get to the soccer NIT. But one thing that I do want to bring up is um, Troops, who has been a part of Arsenal Fan TV for a very long time, uh, who had now recently moved to New York to work with Barstool. Um, so he works in tandem with Barstool. He has his own YouTube channel and he does live streams at Barstool's HQ. And watching those fucking live streams is incredible. It's come to the point where I watch the Arsenal game and then I have the live stream on my phone because he goes absolutely fucking bananas with anything. Like he, like you have to see him running around. It's him and I forget the other guy's name, um, but he'll oh, get. Uh, 
Yeah, Zah. yeah, Zah. It's him and Zah. And every time they score, he just gets up and goes, oh, come on, come on. Yeah, and they'll, like, go run to Zah, like, hug him, like, pick him up and twirl him around. But the best part is that he's come up with, like, this thing with Obama Yang where he goes – Obama who? Obama what? Obama blood clot Yang. And every time he scored in this Leeds game, which is three times for the hat trick, he was just doing it incessantly. It makes me so happy to like watch that stream as an Arsenal fan. It's made it that much better. And I'm sure for fans of Arsenal or fans of soccer that don't really care too much about the sport, watching that stream will get you into the sport. Obama um, Yang like reposted it too. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That one and then um, the Pepe goal that Pepe scored against Wolves before David Luiz got sent off, which he like megged two players and then like curled it around the keeper with his weak foot. He was just like in like walking back and forth, just screaming at everybody. And you see like people outside of the room that they were at uh, Barstool and they're just like giggling and outside like how the hell could somebody go that crazy about their sports team? Um, he makes us look like we don't even cheer for our teams the way that he cheers for Arsenal. So Steve, um, question for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like Arsenal loves getting like Real Madrid players. So what's your thought of uh, Odegaard so far? I love him, man. I That game, I love Pepe. I think that Pepe on the left is amazing. But just watching, like, it reminded me of Arsenal when I first – like fell in love with them and how they played. And it was just like Nasri, Fabregas and like Rizitsky just interchanging behind uh, Van Persie or Adebayor. And mm-hmm. this felt the same exact way. Like Emil Smith Rowe and Odegaard were just popping up all over the place. Saka was destroying uh, their left back. And the thing too with, with Leeds is, and it works so well because Leeds play man to man. So if their fullback is on Smith Rowe and if Smith Rowe drifts to the middle, that fullback is going to come in. So they exploited that the entire game. They just had Smith Rowe go from the left wing, come into the middle, and then that would leave Luke Ayling one-on-one with Obama Yang, and Obama Yang destroyed him every single time he was out there. Um, like, ultimate fluid. That's probably the most fluid attack that we have in our lineup, which is good. So we have, like, someone like Pepe who could take players on, and if we want to go the fluid route, then we have that combination of players. I saw that Ceballos' uh, fee – is rumored to be 22 million. I don't want him. Let him go back to Real Madrid. I'd rather Odegaard. I I think that Ceballos isn't it in the middle. I don't think Xhaka is. I think that central midfield is probably the biggest place that we need to buy um, come, this ne- come the summer. They're left back, and then I think right back we're fine. I still hate Bellerin, but I don't think that it's – He's serviceable, like yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. But like Tierney's getting hurt all like all the time, but it's because we play him so much. So, and Cedric obviously can't cut it at left back. But uh, but yeah, I know. Like Real Madrid loans, Zidane is just like, if you can't fit my system, fuck it, I'll just send you to Arsenal. All right, so true. so hey, let's uh, real quick, real oh, Frankie, you got something? Yeah. All right, so let's move on to Champions League and NIT. Uh, we're not going to go through all the Champions League games because they're played on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So we have um, half the games being played this week. Half Shout week. out to us picking Tuesdays and Wednesdays for soccer games. <laughs> <laughs> so first round of games, we got PSG Barca and Leipzig wait, and wait. Liverpool on Tuesday. PSG Barca? What, what was that? 
PSG, and Barca. Barca? Barca. Barca? Even I know that. Oh. Not Barca. PSG and Barca. I'm not good at pronouncing, guys. PSG, PSG just say Barcelona and, if you can't say it. PSG and Barcelona, and then RB Leipzig and Liverpool. So I'll go with my predictions first. I think that PSG is going to win, even though they don't have Neymar, because Barca is Barca. God damn it! Is <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. Just bleep one of them out. Uh, <laughs> I think PSG is going to win, even if they don't have Neymar. I think. Barca, if you guys have seen some of the news, supposedly they're in like real bad debt, like going to have to sell a lot of players. Messi's definitely going to leave because they can't, they're probably not going to be able to pay whatever contract they give him because they still owe him money from his current contract. Um, so I think it'll be PSG. And then with the Leipzig-Liverpool game, I I know Liverpool's defense is very shaky, but I think Liverpool is going to pull it off. Um, I just, I have belief in Jurgen Klopp, even though they've gone through a really tough period this week with people thinking that Klopp was going to get fired or walk away from the team. And I think he's just going to want to shove it up everybody's ass and, and win. So I think they're going to win. Yes, Frankie. Can I make my predictions? Yeah. Barcelona, because fuck France. And Liverpool, but only if they wear those sweet black and pink uh, uniforms. <laughs> uh, That's my They, they might, because Leipzig is... is um, White and red, so you might you might be lucky. Uh, if they wear those sweet black and pinks, then yeah, they'll, they'll win. They probably will for this game, actually. If Good. They're away. They, I mean, they should. They should wear them as much as possible. Because Leipzig sweet. may wear their red. Uh, they, again, they should wear them as much as possible because they're sweet. They should be their home, away, and third jerseys and make everybody else change around them. <laughs> Okay, Frank. That's like the New England Patriots wearing yellow and green every game because you like yellow and green. You don't. The New England Patriots wear yellow and green every game? No, but like Liverpool is red, always red, not black and pink. You know, but like the black and pinks are real sweet. Anyways, go on. There's more. Joe, do you want to give your predictions for those two? I'm going total opposite of Steve. I'm going Barcelona and Leipzig. Mm. Um, I like, and the reason why I like it too is the first leg having the home game. I always feel like they have the advantage and set the tone. So I, I think Barcelona can can solidify with PSG. I think having no Neymar, especially in this game, is going to really hurt PSG um, because I think Neymar could have at least helped get them like an away goal. And with Leipzig, I just think that they've been in better form overall than Liverpool, and I think that's going to translate over into champions. Um, I also feel like they do well in these competitions. So if they can at least be up, even if they win 2-1, I think is they're, they're putting themselves in a decent spot for the second leg. I got no hate. You can go opposite. It's sensible. Uh, Voza, what are your predictions? Uh, I'm going with the draw for Barcelona and PSG. <laughs> and then, uh, no, I, I'm just, I'll say Barcelona just because I agree with Frankie. Uh, fuck all the French teams. Um, and then, but I'm going Leipzig for the win. Not because I have any special interest in a German team winning the uh, Champions League or anything. Mm-hmm. And then, Balada, do you have a uh, prediction? Do you what like the my, names of the teams? What are my options? Oh, all right. We're gonna go to the next two games. 
can't even get mad. Oh wait, one one thing I want to ask: Why do you guys hate the French team so bad? I just I just think it's a funny joke that we don't like France. Fuck France! All right, cool. Uh, so then the next two games we played on Wednesday is uh, Porto and Juventus, um, and then Sevilla and Dortmund. Where's Porto from? Porto's winning. Oh, They're from oh, Portugal, so you I'm know that Boza Porto. is picking Porto. Okay, Porto. So over Juventus? Over Even though Ronaldo? Juventus is an Italian team, but... I Porto. hate Juventus. Uh, I, for different reasons. As, and Juventus. All right, you ready? I got my pick for that game already. I'm going to take Juventus only if they're wearing the black and white stripes because then they <laughs> look like the referees. And as a Tom Brady fan, I have to be a fan of the referees. <laughs> and, and, and Juventus is a team that has been busted for match fiction before. So. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. This is true. Also Italian, I think. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. Uh, so I'll, I'll go for I'm going Porto and um, the second matchup. Uh, the V against Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund, just not because I have a special interest in German team winning the Champions League or anything. <laughs> Where, where's what? What country is Sevilla? Spain. Spain, as in Sevilla from I, Spain. I don't fucking know, dude. Did I say Sevilla or did I say Sevilla? Shout out Jason Sevilla. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frankie, what do you think about the Sevilla Dortmund game? Which which team? Because you gave a really good reason for the. For the port <laughs> for, for all the other games? Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Dortmund just because they're German, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just to shake it up a bit. There's too many. There's too many tan people. There's too many, like, nice, like, sunny countries. I think you need a little bit of anger and Germans in it. Let's go Dortmund. Good reasoning, Frank. Uh, I picked Liverpool too, so I don't fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> you know they're they're known for their tans in Liverpool. Uh, I'm gonna go with Juventus and Dortmund just because Juventus was the team that I grew up with. That's who my grandfather supported, and then Dortmund was like my FIFA team every year that I bought it since the year that they made it to the Champions League final and lost to Bayern. So. Soft spot for both of those teams. So nothing from a sporting perspective and everything from a – I'm not thinking with my brain. I'm thinking with my heart. Uh, okay. Let's go to – Can I say my picks? Oh, yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> I felt like I forgot somebody, and I was going to wait for them to – forgot two people. Steven well, was like- I think I forgot somebody, but it was probably Tony, so I'm just going to move on. I picked Portos. Porto. Okay. <laughs> you lucky. That's why I wanted to go first because once you said the names, I had to say it back immediately or I was going to forget. <laughs> the, the first name I say, that's who you're picking. Tony, it's on the sheet. Just open yeah. the sheet. Oh, good idea. It's written out. <laughs> My bad. Nice, Cohen. All right, do you think he's pulling this off the top of his head? I picked Dortmund for the other one, too. Damn. I'm picking. Juventus. Juventus has played Porto, uh, I think it was back in 2017 in like the round of 16, and Juventus beat them both games. So I think Juventus will do that once again. I think they may draw one of the games, but I think Juventus will move on. And I like Sevilla. I think Sevilla has been in much better form than Dortmund recently. Uh, Dortmund has been shaky um, in the Bundesliga. 
Um, and granted, I think Dortmund has always put has always put strong performances in the Champions League, but the way that Sevilla has been playing across the board, it's something to not like. You you can't just not respect that. So I think Sevilla, and especially once again, they're playing home um, in the first leg. So I think if they set the tone, they can really do it. I think if Dortmund can get one away goal, it puts them in a good position to move on. But I still think Sevilla can can move on with ease. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Dortmund, Dortmund's been looking terrible, which is why they're – which I'll go into it in my one-minute drill, but that's why they have a new manager coming in uh, that they've already agreed to. So, all right, let's move on to the NIT, so the Europa League soccer NIT. Um, let's just do the top two games here. So um, English football is very packed and loaded, so – Arsenal and Manchester United are both in the Europa League uh, in their ties. Benfica is playing Arsenal. Uh, Boza Benfica is a Portuguese team, if you didn't know. No, and, they're my, literally my favorite Portuguese really? team. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I then a Benfica pillow that from my grandfather. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Well, I think we know where you're going with that one. Um, and then we have Real Sociedad. Versus Manchester United, which, fun fact. You could say um, Sociedad, but not Barca. Shut up. I mean, you couldn't say sure, Sevilla. I'm pretty sure it's Sociedad or uh, also <laughs> I mean, real Spanish. Real Sociedad uh, is playing Manchester United. Um, so some connection here to Adnan Yanazai, who used to play for Manchester United, plays for them. And also David Silva, who is like Man, Man City legend. Uh, also plays for Real Sociedad. So maybe Manchester United might be burned by uh, some old foes and some old players too. Um, I am obviously picking Arsenal and I'm obviously picking Real Sociedad because I love Arsenal and fuck Manchester United. Uh, I'm going Benfica because fuck you, Steve. Uh, And I'm going Real Sociedad because I don't like geese. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to surprise everybody. I'm going to go with Real, obviously, because fuck Man U, fuck you, Goose. What? Steve, I'm going to take Arsenal. Wow, I thought you were going to. I have a reason. I have a reason. Because now if they lose, you're never going to hear the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if anything, at least you're not wearing their jersey because then that would have been the real curse. I don't have. I have hey, an you do? jersey that's extra schmedium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fit on, like, my left arm anymore. Never mind, on me. Do you all hate Man U? Is that the consensus here? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, yeah. in that case, I will be picking Man U. <laughs> uh, Goose, I'll stand by you there. And then Benfica. Wow, yeah, what Tony. a jackass. Tony's going to completely, like, Tony will be a Man U fan. By, by the end heel. of the by the end of the season. This was a heel turn, yes, Steve. <laughs> if it wasn't already with you picking Tottenham. Uh all right, cool. So that finishes it off for soccer. You forgot me again. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> Steven, you suck at this. <laughs> what teams did I pick that? Wait, what teams did I pick? God damn it. <laughs> Who? You what picked, teams did I pick? You picked Benfica and Real Sociedad. No, because I actually picked the opposite. But if I actually spoke, you would have known that. 
<laughs> Asshole. Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it on purpose. I promise. Um, Even though it might seem like I am. I'm not. No, I, I, I do like Arsenal in the matchup against Benfica. Um, Big friend. Once again, I mean, with the form that they've been playing and even how they've been playing in the NIT, um, I think Arsenal has been doing very well. I think if it wasn't for this tournament, they wouldn't be playing their young guys in the Premier League. So I, I think Arsenal has done really well so far there. I'm really excited about this Man United Real Sociedad matchup. I think it's one of the top matchups in this tournament. I know the other one that we had on our list was um, the Ajax. Uh, matchup. I think that's going to be another one to watch out for. Yeah. Man United has just been on a fucking tear recently. And great. it's interesting because Real Sociedad plays more of a defensive game, whereas Man United is more of an offensive juggernaut. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it. But I think you can only be so defensive against a team like Man United until a goal gets in the back of the net. Because Man United will put 12 shots. Not saying they're all going to be on target. But if you put on 12 shots and at least four or five are on target, there's a chance that one of those are going to go in. Mm-hmm. So I think because of Man United's recent form too, um, that they'll pull it off. And plus, I don't think Man United, I think Real Sociedad is a good team they can lose to. They deserve to lose to a shitty team. So I'd rather wait later on in the tournament when they get a matchup where they should really win <laughs> and then they lose. So that's also the other side of it. Fair point. Also, I love how you make me feel like more shit for forgetting you because you heaped so much praise on my arsenal. Fuck you. I love you, dude. Steve, I hate those are my choices, though. Steve, I don't know if you remember, but Vose is the one that skipped you, not Joe. If you're going to get him back, get the right guy back. (laughs) Fuck. All right, with that, I'm going to send it back to, to Frankie. All right, and that'll do it for the individual sports. So we're going to go into one of our recurring segments. We're going to go right into the one-minute drills. Do I have a volunteer for first? Voza? Uh, Mine's going to be quick. Um, So St. John's. Uh, has decided to continually play with my heart when it comes to college basketball. Um, they have big wins against teams like Villanova, and then they blow games against fucking Butler like the other night where, they, again, they just blow 15-point leads, 16-point leads, and they just literally want to make me miserable because uh, before this game, they were on the bubble to make the tournament, which would have been great because they haven't made the bubble the tournament since, I think, the real tournament, I think they made like the final, the first four, like either, I think two years ago, but they haven't made the real tournament since uh, 2014. So it would have been nice for them to actually fucking make the tournament. Now it's going to be tough for them to make it again. So um, thanks St. John's for breaking my heart. Awesome. Um, now Voza, real quick, before we move to somebody else, are they breaking just your heart or also your wallet? No, because I, I see this is the thing. I know if St. John's builds a huge lead, I'm betting the other team live plus whatever. Like if it's like plus double digits against St. John's, I'm usually going to bet that team live. It's not I, my wallet. So my the real reason why I asked that is I was hoping you were going to say, no, I don't bet on I don't bet on a team like St. John's because I, I care deeply about them. And oh, I absolutely thought, not. I care I thought, I bet on all my teams. I thought maybe there was a shred a shred of hope in you 
and you just said, no, I, I bet the other team. <laughs> I bet the other team. Right? Like, I'm not stupid. I know that my team blows huge leads. <laughs> All right. Well, way to, ruin, way to ruin the facade for everybody. <laughs> nope, no um, facade. Uh, anybody else want to go? If not, I could go. I'll, I'll go if you – unless you want to go first. Uh, you could go, Steve. Okay. Um, all right. So I want to bring it back to soccer really quick. So we don't talk about the Bundesliga too much. Uh, it's the German league, but it's really pissing me off because there's like unwritten rules that you don't sell your best players or you let your best players go to another team in like, or your rival in the league. And Bayern Munich just plucks all these guys from all these teams. Like, um, Goetze, Lewandowski, Neuer, Hummels, uh, and now most recently, and I know I'm missing a, a couple more players too, and now most recently, I'm going to butcher the hell out of his name, but Upamecano, who plays for Leipzig right now, a central defender, probably most sought-after defender in the world right now, um, is signing for Bayern. So, like, all these teams just let their players walk either for free, which most of those guys that I listed were for free, um, or they just buy them off, like take all the best players. It's almost like a German all-star team, like a Bundesliga all-star team, and then they just go win the Champions League. Uh, and then the fact that Borussia Dortmund signed their rival Mönchengladbach's coach already, uh, and he'll be the coach at the end of the season for the start of next season. But like the fact that they've already announced it, and that's your rival, and they're fighting for European places, uh, I just I hate the like infighting in the Bundesliga, and it's just everybody goes to Bayern, and they take their coaches in the middle of seasons. Like fuck that. Um, and then another really quick one. So the Australian Open is happening right now in tennis, uh, and there is a connection with the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills owners, their daughter, I want to say. Uh, Jennifer Pagula is playing in the in the open, and she just upset uh, Elena Svitolina. And I know I couldn't pronounce Barca, Barca, and I'm pronouncing Elena Svitolina. Um, but she was a number five ranked player in the world, and Pagula has made the quarterfinal for the first time in her career at a Grand Slam. And let's see how far she goes. Merka, USA. Merka. Merka. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to go now because mine's going to be pretty quick also. Uh, earlier today, after the West Ham game finished, I finally sat down and watched – it's been in my queue for a little bit. Um, I watched the documentary Iron Man, which is directed by Suri Krishnama and Paul Crompton, and that's actually about um, West Ham's final season at Boiling Ground, uh, better known or – kind of just as known as uh, Upton Park when they moved finally to Olympic Stadium, London Stadium, whatever it's called now. Um, So it was kind of cool to watch a documentary about a few years ago and get some of the history and see some of the the longtime fans. Like there was a 100-year-old lady that's always been a West Ham supporter, and they were in that stadium for like 112 years. So her her entire life was almost the entire – time at Upton Park. So that was kind of cool. Um, and just the different stories. And it actually got me to like Mark Noble. I still don't like when he plays, but I like Mark Noble. Um, it's a fun watch. It's called Iron Man. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime, check it out. Frankie, do you like the bubbles? 
I, they didn't talk about the bubbles and I still don't get the bubbles. Like it's like their theme song and they do bubbles and I don't get it, but like, all right, cool guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't keep, know. Keep, keep didn't bubbling. Know yeah. Bubbles are always fun. The right. bubbles. Who's still, uh, who still has to go? Tony and Joe, you guys got to go, right? Oh, because you remember that I have to say ah, fuck. <laughs> I can go I next. That would have been <laughs> phenomenal. If I, I forgot. I Joe saw you. <laughs> I saw you just trying to conjure up something in your mind to say. Well, I I know what I'm going to say for my one minute drill, and this is going to be a big fuck you to my brother. And the reason is because <laughs> he just loves going at telling us when he wins all these bets, but never does he let other people know about it. So, for instance, he had a parlay that happened on Monday where two out of the three legs were done. Eastern Kentucky won, Murray State won, but he had Chattanooga against East Tennessee State at minus two. There was four seconds left in the game. They were up by two. No, one and a half, one and a half, one and a half. He had had minus one and a half. So East Tennessee State shot the second free throw and missed. They grabbed the rebound, passed it out to the three-point line, make it. Game over. He loses his bet. Nope. Coach called a timeout. Coach called timeout, 2.6 seconds left. They go back on the floor. They end up losing. So he hits his parlay. The moral of this story is if you have that friend that is hitting these parlays or hitting these bets and he's not letting you know, but letting you know when he wins, he's not a true friend. Either exile him out or let him know that he needs to fucking let the group know. Oh, my God. Or in this case, a true brother. He's he's a true brother. I love that. Joe just flame Nick. He's a true brother, but not. I kind, I kind of wish. Not gonna lie, I wish Chattanooga lost. I wish that three happened. I, 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 <laughs> oh, damn! That is some. Uh, damn, that's not right. We, yeah, we don't like. Well. You could do that for me because I forgot you twice, but for your own <laughs> we, brother, I don't know. We don't like nah, to talk about. He, he owes me. He owes me. I've done a lot of good for him in the recent weeks. We don't oh. like to talk about a man's financials, but that could be your next one minute drill. All of the nice things that you've done for your brother in the last month to two months. <laughs> I was <All> fucking right. <laughs> Cupid. Okay. Tony, you want to wrap? Tony, you want to go? <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything much, so I'm just gonna ramble about baseball because why the fuck not? Um, I'm really tired of listening to Major League Baseball talk about the DH and not the DH and if they should have a DH and if they will have a DH because it's really affecting the Mets and the players. And if I have to hear one more time from Boza about the fact that the Mets have 42 center fielders that can't hit, um, it's just so stupid that the reason why the Mets can't sign somebody is because of a, a rule that everybody wants but baseball hasn't put in place yet. Um, the other thing is – um, Fix that sentence. What? The players Association doesn't hasn't put in place yet. It would, yes, true. Fuck the Players Association at the moment. But both sides want it. They should just rip off the band-aid and figure out a way to make it happen. Um, the other thing is with the Mets trading for that uh, prospect on the Royals, he's now the Mets' number seven prospect. I think the Mets are putting together a package to get either Chris Bryant or Eugenio Suarez. I can't pronounce his name either. Um, but I don't know if it'll happen before the season, but I think that's the whole reason why they're beefing up the farm system. It's because they need to these guys to like basically be able to make a move and not strip the farm system entirely. Well, it's a good thing they didn't trade anybody for goddamn Francisco Lindor. Yeah, that that helps. Yeah. Be nice 
It'd be nice if they had Jared Kalenic, though. Yeah, it would be nice. But oh, on the bright like side, a, that they could trade him like straight up for Chris Bryant. Yeah, but on the bright side, the Mets like refused to trade like their top like five guys for Chris Bryant mostly. Um, so I'm happy to see that. So. Too bad they didn't have that mentality for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. <laughs> yeah, I just can't like. I wish I could just be on the phone when I was like the Mariners GM, and I call Brody Van Wagenen and say, "Hey, bud, I want the number. I think like." 10 prospect in baseball at the time. And I want you to take on all of Cano's money outside of like, you know, $15 million. What do you say? And Brody just say yes. And just see his reaction. That's what I need. (laughs) All right. So you, you're good, Tony. Yes. You you got it off your chest. Yes. I stopped under a minute until Boza brought up Kalanick. I mean, that's fine. That's conversation after the fact, but, uh, all right. That'll do it for the one-minute drills. Let's move on to the only recurring segment of every single episode or on every single episode. I don't know how to talk anymore, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, The only recurring segment on every episode of the 914 Sports Podcast, it's time for The Wizard of Oz. All right, morning, evening, afternoon to all my fellow degenerates. So we gave our uh, first pod- first football list segment uh, of The Wizard of Oz a try yesterday. For those of you that don't know, I got a puppy, so I've been a little distracted this week. Um, so don't be mad at me um, for not getting it all week. But we tried it on Sunday. Uh, so let's go through the records. Well, wait, wait, for the record, we said we were going to do this like two weeks ago. We had up, so. Shut up, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> we're like three. We're like three weeks back, <laughs> and then up. he puts the pressure on us to be like, "Hey, give us a pick right now." And I literally opened up Bleach Report, found the first NBA game that popped up, and was like, "Yeah, this one." Okay, well, well he's going to anyway. blame it on the puppy. Tony, anyway, he didn't whatever. even post my pick. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to post. My <laughs> yeah, well, you were still sleeping. <laughs> you were sleeping. My and fault. It doesn't matter. It was for the next day you could have tweeted right after when i texted you well frankie won with west ham so congratulations for frankie one and oh nobody benefited because nobody saw it on twitter because nobody tweeted it uh i went one and oh picking wisconsin's under 133 and a half steve went one and oh picking arsenal money line um Joe lost picking Everton. They lost 2 nothing to Technically, I still won. And the reason why I still won is because Everton lost. And when it comes to the standings, Chelsea stays above them. So that's why we win. It was reverse psychology. This is the the loss. This is the gambling section of the podcast, not the soccer section of the podcast. Well, you know what, though? I got the loss out of the way, so now it's only going uphill. And Tony also lost picking Charlotte plus two. I actually picked Spurs before Tony even did that. Sorry about that, Tony. Um, So, yeah, we're going to keep going this week. So, picks will come out Wednesday through Sunday, hopefully, as long as I remember. Um, Just I want to quickly shout out my friend Tommy. he has a website uh, called coverrats.com. I've sent it to most of you guys, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it is very helpful for MBA. It doesn't make suggestions for you. It just gives you data and um, helps you maybe decide which way you want to lean on something. Did so that guess, site make you pick the Spurs? <laughs> what? Uh, no, I was just on the Spurs in general. Uh, I was going to say because I looked. <laughs> I forgot yeah. if they're looking to do like more sports. Like they're, college basketball. they're expanding to college basketball, hopefully before the tournament. Um, 
but again, you can follow him on Twitter, and the website is literally coverrats.com, and that's also the Twitter handle. So they were able to find that, which I'm shocked nobody's ever uh, just taken that Twitter handle. But um, yeah, give them a follow. Uh, it's pretty helpful data. So uh, with that, Frankie, I'll kick it back to you. Uh, just real quick on the betting side of things, because this actually would have been my pick, but I backed off of it because I'm not an NBA guy. Um, until the Bucks start blowing teams out, I would bet everybody that's an underdog against the Bucks because they are either losing outright or not covering 10-point spreads. Uh, so I would go until the Bucks start covering that. The first time they cover a 10-point spread – Get off the Bucks. Until then, bet all those underdogs against the Bucks because they're not dominating teams the way they should be. I'd also say anytime the Lakers play like the Pistons at this point or the Wizards. Yeah, bet the Pistons. <laughs> bet the bad team against the Lakers because they play down the competition. I, I think they I think the statistic is like if you have an NBA team that is an underdog by like anywhere from nine points and above, take them. Because the chances of them getting blown out is like very unlikely. And and you don't really see NBA teams. If they are projected to win by 10, not many of those games, they win by 10. So I agree with you, Frankie. And, and it's even if they're up by a lot, like none of these like teams that. play. But these teams don't play defense anyway. So they, the other team might go on a fucking run and make it a six-point game to end the game when they were down by 20 five minutes ago. So you, you got to, uh, like I said, Stay on the dogs against Milwaukee for a little while. Once they start firing on all cylinders, I feel like when Drew Holiday gets back, that'll be a big part of it. Uh, bet the dogs. Hey, Joe, to bring this full circle, I guess, this episode, didn't you say that the Senators were like plus 2.5 goals or something like that? And that's like unheard of for, yeah. for hockey? So, hockey. Yeah, ahead, and, they won, and they won an overtime. Oh. Yeah, they, dude, they <laughs> wow. were down. They were down five one. Yep, and they won in overtime. Yeah, yeah rub it in, Steve. Rub it in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I had said earlier that like this week's bleep. bad beat of the week. <laughs> yeah. Rub it. Well, right, the bad yeah. beat of the week would have been Chattanooga if they lost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, your bad beat of the week is if you had East Tennessee State and the coach calls yeah, three, that, calls a timeout to fuck you. Guys, they're all bad beats. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so that'll do it. Uh, fun episode, boys. Um, as you can tell, we're kind of figuring stuff out because no football has really thrown us in a funk. No football and no real baseball. We don't really have a big anchor for episodes, so bear with us while we try to figure it out. Um, baseball's obviously back soon, so that'll be our big anchor our anchor talking point. Um, but yeah, that, I think that'll do it. Um, as always, uh, check out my other podcast feature presentation. Um, this week uh, is under the silver Lake. Next week is black Swan. So those are cool. Uh, March is actually going to be a big theme month. So spoilers. I don't, I don't know if I was supposed to reveal that. So you get in that news a little early, everybody that listens to both of my podcasts. Um, all one of you probably and uh as always follow us at 914 sports you know how to spell it based on the description twitter instagram um we're trying to get more active on twitter i don't know how well it's going but we're trying uh instagram 
obviously is the place if you want to hear stuff that that's where we go to most often and uh yeah like subscribe tell your friends all that all that good stuff um for 914 sports we'll see you guys next week later bye see ya bye